We're doing a series in the Old Testament, seeing Jesus in the Old Testament, really trying to grasp and understand what is happening in this big story. We're at part 10 today, and my title today is Chesed, Revelation of a New Kind of Love. And I'll be explaining what that means in just one moment. So my goal is that we should grasp the depth of this kind of love and feel the security and feel the security and joy that comes from understanding it. So if we understand it, we will feel the feeling of what it is like. So uh, last week we looked at God speaking the words, I am with you. We looked at the patriarchs and matriarchs, starting with Abraham and Sarah, going through Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob, Joseph, and how God spoke those words to them, I am with you. He said to Abraham, I'm your shield. And that what it's like to have God with you and how this was a new revelation of God that came in with the patriarchs and matriarchs in that part of the Bible. So what we see as we read through the Old Testament, a key idea is that God reveals himself to us through stories. Humans are wired for story. We're wired to extract truth from story. And as we read the stories of God relating to Abraham and Sarah and then to the ones that followed right the way through to Israel in the wilderness, the kings, all of the people in the period of the judges, uh, right the way through, we, we learn of God and of God's character and of what it means to relate to God. Because when you see an example of how he relates to that person, you can then understand the kind of way he relates and how we can relate to him. So uh, what we see then, as we start going through these stories in the Old Testament, humankind constantly fails, constantly fails. We saw, we can see that very easily with the the patriarchs and matriarchs. We can see Abraham and Sarah constantly failing, and yet God is with them nevertheless. So the question then is, how can God have a relationship with such people? And so a new theme comes into the Bible as we go through, and this theme is stories of God loving very broken people, loving very broken people. And there's a word for this. And it's, I think this is probably the most beautiful word there can ever be, not in the sound of the word, but in terms of the meaning. And the meaning, the sound rather, is chesed. And this, this uh, word, I'll give you an example of this word in Psalm 103, verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his chesed towards those who fear him. Um, so, uh, this is, this is the most beautiful word in any language. It's a faithful love, a loyal love, a love that will never let you go. And it occurs 200, 
and 47 times in the Old Testament. And more than half of those occasions, 127, are actually in the Psalms. And uh, the way you pronounce this word is you you have to say it with a, a hard C. It's not chesed, it's chesed. So it's got slightly guttural, chesed. Can you try that now? Chesed. And again, chesed. Thank you. So my outline then for today is first what chesed is and what it is not. And then I want to look at some stories about it in the Old Testament. Then I want to end by talking about our experience of chesed. So, what it is and what it is not. Quite a few of you know my interest in attachment theory and the discoveries that have been made that fundamental to human development is to be deeply attached to people. And uh, there's a, a, a book written a number of years ago coming out of attachment theory about about uh, what makes marriages work or not work. And the book was entitled uh, Hold Me Tight. And Hold Me Tight is a good uh Good expression for this, because uh, there's a fundamental human need to know someone is there for you. Someone who will never let you go, no matter how bad it gets. And um, this this research in in uh, in Martin successful marriages said that that really what we're looking for in a partner is we need to know this person will be with us. Whatever happens, no matter how bad it gets, that person is committed to us. We belong, we belong, we're safe, and we are secure. So the, the ultimate relationship is between us and God. And this fact is just as true in that relationship. And, um, the, if we belong, we are safe and we are secure. Um, this has been the, the basis of a lot of love poetry that's been written through the ages. Um, here's a, here's one song that's, um, written back in the seventies that I used to love this song. If the sun refused to shine, I would still be loving you. When mountains crumble to the sea, there will still be you and me. You'd have to be as old as I am probably to remember who did that song. But, um, even the best human friend is weak and imperfect. And so I want to then ask what this word that God uses of his own love is. What is chesed? Well, the first thing, if we want to, if we want to define a word for it, we want to have a, a single word. Um, I choose the word faithful love. It's, there's not really an equivalent English word to it. Um, it will be interesting to talk afterwards to some of you who, um, may have another language as their first language, who may have a word in your language that really represents it. But, uh, of course, chesed is the Hebrew word, and it perfectly represents it. So there's no reason why other languages shouldn't have it. Uh, when the King James translation, the old King James translation was done, they uh, they made a word up for it. They called the word they made up was loving kindness, all as one word, which is which is quite good. It captures the love, it captures the kindness, but it doesn't really capture the long-term faithfulness that's really in there. And newer translations use expressions like steadfast love 
or loyal love or unfailing love, uh, things like that. But really, you can't uh, summarize it in just even two words, I don't think. And so my summary of it is, this is my translation, is love that will never let you go. Love that will never let you go. That's, I feel, the best translation of this word chesed. Doesn't that feel good to you? That's something, even when I say that, something in me feels, wow, that is so amazing. That kind of love. We, it resonates with us. Um, and it wasn't just used actually, uh, in, in the Old Testament of love for God to, to humans. It was also of a kind of love between humans where they didn't owe you anything. So a good example would be Jacob made, after when Jacob died at the end of Genesis, he made them promise not to bury him in Egypt, but to take his bones back to the promised land. Now, of course, he wouldn't be there to enforce the promise or to reward it. It would purely be their commitment to him that would cause them to carry this pro- carry through this promise. So he said to them, promise this chesed to me. Promise this faithfulness to me that you will do this for me. Um, you may have heard people talk about, um, actually, no, let me give you another, another word here. Um, love that never gives up, but hangs on to the end, I think is a, another expression for it. Um, another way would be to say a loyal love that will never betray us. A love we can count on that will never let us down. Um, so those would be good, the best we can do in English to convey the meaning of this word. Now I want to talk about what chesed is not. What it is not. Um, this is a good example of God pleading with the nation of Israel. He says, what shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? Those are the two largest tribes. Your chesed is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes away early. That is the very opposite. He says, that's what your faithfulness is like. You know, it's just gone. It, it can't be relied on. And, um, so the, um, and I mentioned that the, the Greek word, the, the different Greek words, and you may have heard of um, a, a Greek word which is agape love. And agape love is um, is uh, a love that is um, used in the New Testament, for example, for God so loved the world, is agape love. What's the difference here between agape love and this chesed? Well, agape is underserving giving, like giving a banquet to a homeless person. Whereas Chesed is a relationship. So if you're, if you see a homeless person and you show them agape love, you may, you know, give them just a wonderful, wonderful gift. Um, but to show them chesed is somewhat different. It means taking them home for the rest of their lives and committing to care for them to the bitter end. A love that will never let them go. So, um, that's, uh, there's no direct actual word for in the Greek New Testament. There's no direct word for it. But Paul describes his friend Onesimus as faithful and beloved. 
and faithful and beloved is probably a good a good synonym um there's a is, jesus in revelation is described as faithful and true faithful and true which again is a similar idea um now uh, god's agape love is for the whole world for you know god so loved the world um and even though we rebelled against God, he sent Jesus to make a way for us to be reconciled. It's free, it's undeserved, it doesn't assume any relationship. But his hesed love is for those who respond to him. Those that trust this offer and they're brought into a relationship. It's still free and undeserved, but it's much, much more. So I've tried then to describe what it is and what it is not. And uh, so that was our first point. What I'd like to do now is to look at some stories, as I promised to start with. You know, the Old Testament is full of stories of this. And I want to tell some stories. And then we'll close. We're looking at our experience of chesed. So, one of the stories is that Joseph, Joseph is uh, sold by his brothers as a slave to Egypt. And, uh, he's, as a slave, he then, um, is accused of something he didn't do and thrown into prison. So he's there in prison. And we're going to just pick, pick up the story here. Um, Joseph's master took him and threw him into prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined. So he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him chesed. He granted him favor in the sight of the prison warden. That's a very interesting line, and I just didn't notice this until right now, but actually it's got last week's um, sermon there and this week's. Last week's is the Lord was with Joseph, and this week showed him chesed. He granted him favor in the sight of the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners under Joseph's care. He was in charge of whatever they were doing. The warden did not concern himself with anything that was in Joseph's care because the Lord was with him and whatever he was doing, the Lord was making successful. So um, I want to say there's no need for chesed if there are no problems. Uh, and so the times when we have the greatest reflection on God's chesed are the times, the stories, when there are problems. And I mentioned before that um, there's many references in the Psalms, and that's because David experienced that in his story. And so uh, there are some problems that David is experiencing, and the story of David as he tells his story in his songs, is one of experiencing this of God. It's a story of chesed. Um, so, you, as you probably know, um, David, Saul, who was king, saw David as a threat and began to uh, try to hunt him down and kill him. And um, many of the stories are, of David's life in the Psalms are being on the run from Saul. And in Psalm 59, Saul is trying to ambush him. And we read, Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who work evil and save me from bloodthirsty men. My God 
in his chesed will meet me. God will let me look in triumph on my enemies. Now, I've put the word chesed in there. Your translation might have loving kindness or loyal love or faithful love or something like that. They're just trying to translate this word. And since the sermon is about this word, I'm just giving it to you literally. But I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your chesed in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. O oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you. For you, O oh God, are my fortress, the God who shows me chesed. Isn't that great? That's uh, just a, a lovely reflection of God. And one of the things we see is that um, God loves it when we actually praise him for this aspect of his character, because it's so core to who he is. So um, another psalm we have is Psalm 32, sorry, 52. And the often the first line of the psalm is like a title that tells some of the story of the psalm. Not always, but sometimes. And uh, those are not added by our translations. Uh, those, as far as we know, go right back to the original. So it's important to look at them. And we have here one, which is uh, Psalm 52. Um, and verse 1 says, A song of David when Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul, David has come to the house of Abimelech. So the the backstory of that is that David was on the run from Saul, and um, this is the first time he was on the run, and um, uh, he'd fled to where he thought he had friends, and he thought these people were friends and they would help him. One of them, unknown to him, was a traitor, thought he would ingratiate himself with the king um, by by telling on David, and his name was Doeg. And... Uh, this is David's song that he wrote at this occasion. Why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? The hesed of God endures all the day. Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor, you worker of deceit. See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the chesed of God forever and ever. And so this is the story that he says, okay, you've tried to kill me. You've tried to, you know, betray me. But actually, I'm going to flourish because um, uh, I have God who's with me. And um, so He's being hunted down by Saul then, hunted down, and he's, he's almost like being treated like an animal in the wilderness. And this is Psalm 63. He says, um, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you in a, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Because your chesed is better than life. My lips will praise you. That's just, just wonderful. Like, he, he, God's chesed, God's loving kindness is better, like, it's better than water. It's better than finding water in the desert. It is the source of life. God's loving kindness. And, um, so 
let's just switch to uh, Psalm 18. And Psalm 18 is when David finally has rest. At the end of these Psalms where he, and, and the, just because it's Psalm 18 and it's a lower number doesn't mean to say that it was written earlier because the Psalms are organized more thematically rather than uh, according to date stamps. And so Psalm 18 is when he finally had rest. And it tells us that in the first line, a Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord on the day when the Lord rescued him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows chesed to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. I jumped to the end of the psalm there, but that's um, that's his conclusion of what God was like. But um, uh, the the story doesn't actually end there because David, having received chesed from God, showed it to others. And uh, there's a, a great story of um, uh, a man who was in the house of Saul. And this man, um, okay, let's step back a bit. Uh, when Saul died finally in battle, um, Saul and Jonathan died. Um, there was a, one of the babies in the house was being carried by the nurse and she was so frightened she ran and dropped the baby. And we don't know exactly what happened, but we know the baby was, both legs were, were damaged so that the baby from then on was, uh, was lame, couldn't walk, was crippled. And, um, uh, the, uh, the, the, they were afraid that when David took power, then, um, he would, he would kill all of Saul's offspring, which he didn't. Um, so they hid this baby away. So when David came to power, we read this story, um, in, into Samuel chapter nine. And David said, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him chesed for Jonathan's sake? So he wanted to show chesed and, uh, we skip to verse three. The, the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the chesed of God to him? Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He's crippled in his feet. And David said to him, do not fear, for I will show you chesed for the sake of your father, Jonathan. Um, so what does that mean? Does that mean he's going to give him a, a give him a, a wonderful gift? Is that what chesed is? No, we said that wasn't it. It was more than that. Do you remember when I talked about the homeless person? Well, this is a similar kind of situation here. What's he going to do? He says, I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father. So that was the financial gift. And you shall eat at my table always. In, in other words, you're going to be part of my family. Uh, and so Mephibosheth, his name, lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table. Now he was lame in both his feet. There's a personal story here I can't resist sharing with you. 
um, my my grandparents had a farm, and um, my we would visit them three times a year, and we just loved playing in the barn. And they would have cats that lived in the barn that were kind of semi semi tame, and um, you'd find like nests of kittens in the straw. It was, it was just a lovely. But there was one one kitten which had somehow got its legs damaged in some farm machinery and both of its back legs had been cut off and healed, but they were cut off and it could only kind of hobble along. And uh, this little kitten um, was so friendly and just so uh, loved being petted that we said to our, our parents, could we keep this kitten? And so they said, yeah, you can keep it. Well, my dad was called David. So guess what we decided to call the kitten that was lame? We called it Mephibosheth or Mephi for short. And Mephi came home to live with us in our home for many, many years. Mephi was a wonderful pet and I've got lots of good memories of Mephi growing up. And just as children growing up, we became very familiar of the story of Mephibosheth because of this object lesson in front of us coming to live with us in our home, not just being given some kind of gift. So those are some stories of what chesed means. And so we've looked at what it is and what it's not. We've looked at these stories uh, in the Old Testament, and I could have given you very, very large number more, like I, you know, I told you how many references there were, a lot of stories. Um, and I want to talk now about our experience of chesed. So... <clears throat> Um, we reflect the nature of God when we love others like this. When we love others with chesed, as David did to Mephibosheth, we're reflecting God's nature. So um, I would say that human friendships, um, particularly in the West, can be very shallow. They can sometimes have very little weight. I remember when I I worked at a Bible college where there were a lot of international students, and one day a student from Lebanon, he, he came to talk to me, and he was very, very upset, and he said, I can't find friends here like I have in Lebanon. We have friends who, you know, we are friends to the to the death in Lebanon, and friendship is just so such a light thing here. I know that was very interesting to me, um, and I think that uh, we really do have a weakness in our culture in this way. And so we can, if we show this kind of love and this kind of commitment, it's reflecting God to a world that doesn't know it. At least the world that many of us are in doesn't really know this very well, and so. Uh, if you have the nature of God in you, you have God living inside you, then some of this will flow out to you. Um, but also, I want to say, as we look at wh- how what this means in practice, is that God loves to be praised for his chesed because it's core to who he is. And praising God for his chesed is not like we're just like trying to... to um, flatter him it's we're trying to tell something that is so true about him um, and so i want to say that the psalms were vocal and they were public and so when david had an experience of god chesed 
He composed a psalm because he wanted people to know. He wanted people to to, to, to see this, to hear this. And um, uh, so I want to just tell you a couple of things now. God saved me from a car accident uh, a while ago. I was I was coming home. Uh, I'd come along the garden or I turned up into Parliament Street. And um, as I was coming along, it's two lanes each way. As I was coming along, there was a row of parked cars along my lane. So I only had one lane. And a car coming towards me suddenly switched across the highway. So it was coming straight towards me straight towards me and you know in that situation you kind of let out a prayer to God uh, what am I going to do and uh, I pulled I jammed on the brakes pulled as close as I could to the parked cars and he kind of swerved away from me and there was a bang as he went past and I pulled over to look at my he didn't stop I pulled over and I looked in it I assume it was his wing mirror because none of my car was damaged but something on his car got hit and what did I do then? I praised God for his chesed. I praised God for his faithfulness to me that he kept me. I could have been a head-on collision. I could have been dead. Um, and so, but what I'm doing now is I'm telling you now. I'm praising you now because that is what we should do. That is what we should do. So I've got another thing. A number, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I asked, um, and quite a few of you to pray for my 90 year old mother who has lung disease. She's on oxygen. And a couple of weeks ago, she tested positive for COVID. And you think if anybody's not going to survive, it's going to be someone in that condition because, you know, the older you are, the worse it is. And you've got pre-existing conditions. And many people prayed for her. And um, I want to just say... God has restored her. She's, she, she basically was asymptomatic, although she formally tested positive, basically really had hardly any symptoms. And it looks like she's clear from it now. So praise God, um, for his chesed to my mother in this situation. So this is what we should do. It's very important that we declare God's chesed to us in Psalm 136. Just about, um, it, it, Psalm 136, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His hesed endures forever. And, uh, this is, um, uh, this is a, a psalm which actually, almost every line of this psalm has got this expression. If you read it through, it's da-da-da-da-da, for his chesed endures forever. Da-da-da-da-da-da, for his chesed endures forever. The whole psalm is about God's chesed. And so I want to say that it's very, very important that we do this. Um, uh, I would say that it's the best news that we can have. The best news that we can give to others is God's chesed. And I think we need to emphasize that this chesed is at the core of his very being and something that he takes delight in being made known, um, particularly as we tell our stories. Um, the love of a friend or family member is wonderful, but, you know, if somebody shows us love, but it's limited by their resources. But to be loved like that by the internal the eternal God, the infinite God, what could be better news than to be loved like that from him? Um, 
Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 10. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my chesed shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. You know, I just can't read that without getting choked up because it is such be- so beautiful. It is so powerful. It speaks to me so deeply. <clears throat> so how do we respond to this? How do we respond? Well, I want to suggest another way that we respond to this. Um, <clears throat> another dimension, rather, to God's chesed. Another dimension to it. Um, it's, it is the best possible news you can have because it also happens when you fail. It also happens. His, his hesed is still there when you fail. In Psalm 51, David is was writing it after sinning with adultery and then murder. He committed adultery and then murder, and he writes Psalm 51. And he says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your chesed, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. And this is, this is extraordinary that this terrible sin, yet this is not beyond God's chesed. He doesn't just show it to people who are nice. It's based on covenant with God and God offers it to us. For example, Psalm, sorry, Isaiah 55 and verse 3. He says, incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast love, sure chesed for David. He's offering you the same chesed that he he showed, he gave for David. He's offering that to you. That is quite amazing that he's doing that. So, uh, it's deeper, God's chesed is deeper than our sin, our very worst sin. That's because it's based on his covenant promises to us. And we can enter this covenant relationship. Uh, he's, he's offering it right now to us. He's offering it to all of you. How do we enter this? Well, it's a two-way thing. He says, incline your ear and come to me. What that really means is listening to Jesus. And coming to Jesus, taking those two things together, it means making Jesus your Lord. Taking Jesus as your Lord will will mean that you become part of his covenant. And in that, he gives you his hesed forever. It's a two-way thing, but it's not very balanced. We follow him and make him our Lord, and he gives us his love forever. Um, I I once... um, was was talking to somebody who wasn't a Christian. They were interested in Christianity. And they said to me, hmm, I guess if you're loved by the everlasting God, what else matters? And I thought, wow, you've really, you've pretty much got it, haven't you? And shortly after that, that person became a Christian. Because that really is the core. If you're loved like this by the everlasting, eternal, infinite God, what else 
matters. And, you know, this is just so moving to me. It's, um, it's, it's just so, so deeply moving because, you know, what else do I have to worry about? What, what do I need to be anxious about? Where, what, what else, what place is there for fear if I have the chesed of God? So uh, this is the most beautiful word that you could possibly hear. The most beautiful word spoken by the eternal God. And my prayer, as I began this sermon, is that you will understand it so well that you feel it. Because if you understand what's being said here, then that will some, is something that you will feel and will affect you deeply. And I'm going to pray now that these words really will, will, will go into you. Father, we thank you for your chesed, for your love that will never let us go. And Father, we pray that you would give us an understanding of how deep this love is. And not only that, Lord, we pray that you'll make us a people that declare it, that speak it aloud, that tell others about who you are and how wonderful you are. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen.